low bar, where we set the bar lower than Brendan Fraser in Journey to the Center of the Earth. I'm Becca. And I'm Emily. And in today's episodes, we'll be getting to know one of our laughleys, and later, interviewing a very special guest. We'll also be playing an uber super special game with the brains behind the 2010 film Birdemic. That's right, you know who, Craig Kingston. And again, we'd like to start off our episode today very traditional with some quotes. And um, I'd like to go first. I stumbled upon this story earlier this week, and uh, as I grow old, I, I'd love to learn from this woman. She's kind of a role model for me. <clears throat> Back in the day, I would sometimes dress up like a teenage boy named Tyler and sell my son weed. I would always have to rush home and change back into my mom clothes before my son arrived. I'd scream at him all night for buying weed. Then I would confiscate it and sell it right back to him the next day. Uh, see, here's where I stand. My initial thoughts. So did she wear a mask or (laughs) does the son not know his own mother's face? I'd like to think that he's just like so coked up that he just can't tell the difference. (laughs) He's like... You know, you look a bit like my mother. But so does every man. But so does everyone. So, (laughs) I just, I love this. That's a savage move right there. Like, that is, that is helping no one but herself. Right. Like, it is, right? But then you think, where did she fail to where her son doesn't know her face? And did she ever stop? Like. Yeah, she's still, is he like 25? And she's like, what are you doing? And then she'll just call him up. They live separately. And well, who am I kidding? They probably live together. But she'll call him up and she's like, I'm, I'm getting a spidey sense that you bought some weed today. And does this happen every single day? Is this, I know. Does it, or is it like every Saturday? But if it's every single day, then. I'm like, this woman is Superman. She can change clothes from yeah. drug dealer to mom so fast. Like, <laughs> instant. that's how many chains she's got to take off. And yeah, like, it goes from it goes from low pants, like saggy <laughs> pants, to really high pants. At that point, it's like, if it happens every day, why would you keep buying weed from that same dealer? Wouldn't you think, <laughs> hey, this dealer knows my mom? <laughs> right, right. Well, well, let's transition from weed mom to my mom. Uh, <laughs> Wow, that was perfect. Oh, thank you. I was, you know, pretty proud of it. Um, I actually really procrastinated when when getting my quote today. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I got it five minutes before the, before the call, I'll be honest. <laughs> and um, I walk into the room where we film. And then um, I said, you know, Mom, I'm filming. And she goes, Filming? Filming what? Your iPad? And I go, podcast, mom. Not iPad. Podcast. I think this is, this is a great look into, we're going to give a behind the scenes to me and Emily's life a little bit because you must think, oh, who are the number one supporters for them? And yeah. it's always like, oh, my mom, she's been here from day one. Like, you know, uh-huh. she's, she's really there for me. Um, well, Every time I say I'm filming, my my parents are like, what? So, you have a podcast? What even is well, that? Well, at least your parents know the word podcast <laughs> and don't replace it with iPad? Why? Hey, she's just a little confused, okay? She is. I have to say, love my mom, obviously. But yeah, love not my most, family, too. <laughs> yeah, not the most, not the most uh, technologically advanced. 
which is fine. It's fine. But you'd think you'd know <laughs> the difference between an iPad and anything else. <laughs> you know? Like, it doesn't even need to be a podcast. She's trying to keep up with the kids, okay? It's iPad yeah. or nothing. Like, <laughs> that's the only, she just memorized that word and now just like throws it <laughs> and was just like, oh, mom, I'm going to, I'm going to go on social media. She's like, oh, your iPad. She, yeah. She's trying to learn no. a new lingo, teen lingo. Yeah. And she learns one word, but she doesn't know what it means. With the passage of time, sometimes mothers um, and parents, you know, lose track of, 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 of what's going on currently. Uh, <laughs> but there's something else that occurs with the passage of time which is the creation of history. <laughs> to talk about history today, we have our very good friend, Ian F.F. <laughs> um, and he's going to talk to us about history today. Uh, apparently, he's a history buff. Apparently. Uh, I, I mean, I've never heard of him knowing anything about history before, but <laughs> yeah, here we are. I don't know. Um, but it was sticking with the theme of history, we would like to solve a crisis. Yeah. Um, something that Becca and I have been questioning for a long time. Becca, what are we trying to solve today? Putting on my detective hat. <clears throat> Groundhog's Day. The movie, to be exact. Mm -hmm. Should Woodstock Square bring it down a notch? Tone it down a little bit. Because right now, Groundhog's Day has never been more popular than it is at Woodstock Square. It is yeah. a hubbub for it, Groundhog's Day. It is a crazy hubbub. <laughs> really? <laughs> they, they do um, like to bring it up a lot, and there's, like, Bill Murray clown paintings in windows <laughs> and and plaques. And listen, you know, be proud. Bill Murray is a big, a big figure, but... Um, the question we were going to write originally as, is it the only thing Woodstock Square has? And the answer is no. But we're going to dive more into that later uh, when, we talk about, when we talk to Ian and get his opinion on should the Woodstock Square bring it down a notch. Here's our interview with Ian. What's up, Ian? How's it going? No, it's good. It's good. It's going well. Ian yeah. FF. What is up? You call me Ian FF because my name is too short. You have to extend it. <laughs> yeah, you got you got a long name there, Ian. It's a pretty it's a pretty you know, where most yeah. people have three names, you have four. And yeah. that's very notable. Could you give us your full name? Sure. Ian Patrick Farrell Freeland. Ooh, the Irish bread runs strong. It does. Unfortunately. <laughs> Unfortunately. Excuse we me. Did, we did slam the Irish pretty hard on Quinn's episode. So, uh, yeah, no, I'm pretty sure we all have Irish in us. That's Irish. just how that rolls. The, Ir the Irish is just, it's just an island of incest. It's, it, I mean, <laughs> I mean, that's literally what the island. So you took Emily's we're all Irish to mean we're all closely related. <laughs> that's not what I meant. But if you'd like to interpret it that way, you have that liberty. I mean, it's it's true. <laughs> so, Ian, you call you you consider yourself quite a history buff. Uh, why do you like history personally, other than the obvious, like oh, it changes the world, you know, like oh, whatever. 
What why do you care about uh history personally? Uh it's just interesting because a lot of it just influences like the world today, you know? Mm-hmm. Like especially like considering like uh how do I say this? The fall of Rome had like huge mm-hmm. impacts on like medieval history and how other places interacted with each other and because of that it has influences today and i think it's mm-hmm. interesting to know about why things are the way they are now and, you know i can respect that i think that's very i think that's very interesting yeah. um personally i'm also, I, I I'm also gotta... a loser that too <laughs> that's... yeah i was i was gonna say <laughs> I was gonna really just slam you for being a loser. We have a little bit of a game for maybe not a game, just and maybe not even a test. It's more like a <laughs> fun little segue. conversation, actually. <laughs> okay, we're going to throw out a bunch of names you might know, you don't know. I mm. don't know. Um, we want you to kind of guess what they did or inform us on what they're famous for. Mm-hmm. Okay, and, and just to be clear, we're not expecting you to know any of these. Yeah, yeah. Let's make something up. <laughs> like, yeah. When you hear their name, what do you think they did? Yeah. And then we will tell you. Okay. Um, <laughs> George Washington Carver. Didn't he make peanut butter? Oh, so close, so close. Or he made. Uh... George Washington Carver, better known Wait. as the Peanut Man. The peanut man. He wrote a book called 105 Ways of Preparing the Peanut for Human Consumption. (laughs) Here's the real clapper, though. He did not make peanut butter. He made peanut oil. He made everything but peanut butter. He was a peanut chemist. He's most famous for peanut soup. People could not get enough of it. It was peanuts in soup. It sounds like he figured out the best way to make peanut butter by making every worst way to make. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was more like, guys, I tried everything else. <laughs> it's it, it, it's got to be, it's nothing in this book. <laughs> Listen, the best thing I came up with is peanut soup. So I, <laughs> I think this peanut thing is a lost cause. Yeah. And I, was talking about, I was like, you know what he didn't try? Just mashing them. I th- mashing them up. I hope someone re-released a book called 106 Ways. (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe just one way of preparing the peanut for human consumption. He's like like so mad about it. The two two ways. Eat them raw or put them in peanut butter. I hope that Nick's Pizza gives credit to that man. Like, I know they've got like dead deers on the wall. I hope they have a little plaque for George Washington Carver. Because I'm like, people go there for the peanuts. I hope... I hope Nick's Pizza stops living in the past and just has jars of peanut butter one of these days. <laughs> I hope they stop living in the past and stop making the customer walk on trash all day. <laughs> I hope that when he died, he got cremated and they spread his ashes in Nick's Pizza with the rest of the peanuts. <laughs> I feel like that's a great way to commemorate him. <laughs> this, this is a PSA. Do not eat the peanut dust on Nick's Pizza. Our next uh, historical figure is Frank Willis. Who do you think Frank Willis is? Uh, everyone knows Frank Willis. He was the. He made. He he was the. He, he made soda. Everyone knows him. Everyone oh, knows this guy. Yeah, everyone knows Frank Willis for his soda making. <laughs> but more importantly, 
he was a night guard at the Watergate Hotel, who actually uncovered the burglars. Uh, what was more interesting is how he discovered them. Uh, while doing his rounds at the hotel, he noticed a strip of duct tape on the door. And he was like, that's kind of not where that's supposed to be. Quote. <laughs> so he removed the tape and continued on his way. And he like, he comes back later and there's all this tape on the door. So he takes it off and calls the cops. Because <laughs> tape is the number one enemy of all security guards. It I sounds just, like this guy doesn't sound special particularly. I feel like no, anyone could have pulled the tape no, off of the door no, and called the cops. No, I think it's fascinating because he's not special. Like, he was just in the right place at the right time. But I'm not even joking. What happened was, so there's a door and there's a handle on the door. They right. put a piece of duct tape on the outside of the door, just <laughs> taping the door frame to the handle. Because oh, that would keep everyone out. This guy sounds like the real life Paul Blart mall. <laughs> <laughs> James is quaking in his boots. He, 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 actually did, he actually did an acting study as Frank Willis and just went to the Watergate Hotel and they simulated this again. He, he was like, he was like, we got to get the right guy for this role. So we're going to put duct tape on the door and see what he does. And he did the same thing. He did the exact yeah. same thing. Yeah, it was all scripted. <laughs> I just, I'm also like, who calls the cops because there's tape on the door? Yeah, and why didn't he just open the door? I was like, dude, you are a security guard. This looks like a breach of security. I'm going to call the cops real quick. <laughs> well, probably completely unrelated is Marcel Proust. Just guess his occupation. Yeah. Yeah, what's, what's a guess? You he hear, was, you hear he Marcel. Was he was a doctor. He sounds like a doctor. Yeah. Well, you're wrong. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Marcel Proust was a super famous French writer, but he's known for being the laziest son of a gun. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds like the intro to, to like a. a like a, a romance movie. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> this lazy son of a gun refused to wake up before three in the afternoon. He only ate coffee and croissants and smoked one cigar to help with his asthma. <laughs> <laughs> this guy sounds like me. <laughs> yeah. So clearly he's a scientist is what I'm saying. Um, Are you sure this guy wasn't a doctor? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Marcel only wrote in bed and claimed that writing was too taxing. He's quoted not by his writing, but by saying, quote, after writing 10 pages, comma, I am shattered, period, end quote. <laughs> when I write, it ruins my day. And I still write. <laughs> I, I am a French writer, yes. But listen... <laughs> There's just something about a man who makes his career writing, sleeping, and dying of asthma. For him to say, I am shattered after <laughs> Yeah. He writes like two words and he's like, ah, another fragment in my soul. And then he's done. I need another croissant. <laughs> black coffee, please. Mother? I Mother just want black coffee. He's like, when he's like, 
<laughs> Give me my cigars. Oh, this is helping. <laughs> this is helping. This I'm is g- working. I'm coughing up the mucus. I'm coughing up the mucus. Therefore, I'm coughing up the asthma. Science! I love that he still inspires people today because we have a great person to look up to who is very similar to Marcel. And his name is Craig Kingston. <laughs> so, Ian. Yeah. There's a really important question we have. Uh, and we'd like to get to the bottom of it today. Mm-hmm. Uh, Groundhog Day. The movie. Yeah, should a good movie. Woods- should the Woodstock Square bring it down a notch? You mean, like, do they need to get over it because it was a movie that happened a while ago? Yeah. But we were going to ask, you know, is it the only thing the Woodstock Square has? And the answer is no. There are other things that the Woodstock Square should, in my opinion, be more excited about. The fact that Planes, Trains, and Automobiles was also filmed there. Why aren't we talking about that? Wait, it was? It's like a shorter scene, but... so is the Groundhog Day one. Woodstock Square is in a great place where the Woodstock Airport is not that far away. Mm-hmm. It's near a train station and there are automobiles. <laughs> well, I feel very much at home and reconnected to that movie. That there, I aren't, yeah, there, Day. there are no groundhogs in that <laughs> whole town. <laughs> if, if you are touring to Woodstock just to get the opportunity to see either Bill Murray or a groundhog, or let's be honest, same thing, you are going to be totally... <laughs> disappointed because they both only come out of their house one day a year and they're not going to be there yeah they are not i have not met bill murray and i have been to woodstock square many a times i mean it's a lie by they act like bill murray just is there every day all the time and i don't see him so now we know your stance on the question they do need to get over it they They need need to to... film another movie there give trains and automobiles a chance for God's if sake. Someone filmed like a different movie there just so they can get over it. Yeah, yeah so they can move on to another obsession. I mean, gee whiz. Yeah. Oh, we're going to f- f- film Transformers 7 here. <laughs> Michael Bay was here. That's so crazy. You picked a wrong person to make people excited about. I'm not going anywhere Michael Bay is still. It's actually a warning. Warning, Michael Bay has been yeah, here. It comes, it comes as like a, a note on your phone, like an Amber Alert. Like, <laughs> I think I think Michael Bay's perfect a perfect choice so that it drives more people away from the square. So they're like, Bill Murray was here, but Michael Bay was also here. <laughs> I'm torn. Oh, well, Ian, just one final question. For the audience, mm-hmm. why should they care about history, and why should they take the time to learn about it? Um, you, if you want to learn about history, don't <laughs> stop because you're gonna be on a podcast and they're gonna ask you about history, and you're gonna get none of the people right. You're gonna say Washington Carver invented peanut butter. Well, and that's the only thing he didn't. And that's the only thing he, yeah, he did not do. Well, on that high note, we're going to say uh, goodbye to you, Ian, and bring on our new guest, 
I have been reading his books for the longest time. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I heard you guys got an actual historian on. We did, we did, and I, I'm so excited about that. So um, thank you, Ian. We're gonna say goodbye to you. It's been an awesome interview. See yeah, see ya. Hello, welcome to Low Bar, Paul. Hi. Uh, so good to have you on, Paul. Uh, for the audience members, you are a famous opinion-based historian. And I, uh, you, have, okay, you have a lot okay. of books out. I, I'm, I'm sorry, did I it's interrupt you? It's facts, oh. it's facts. Uh, Your opinion is facts? Yes. Oh, okay. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, you have a lot of books, Paul. Um, one, which we're going to talk about today a little later on, is The Truth, colon, A Revealing Perspective on History. Um, I read it. Becca read it. Uh, really excited to talk about that. But first, um, let's get talking to you about you, Paul. Hi. What do you want to know? Um, I mean, I... I love history. Like I'm very fascinated by all the things that go on. And I don't know, it's just so exciting to learn about like the history of our past and our ancestors. So I was just wondering like, who are some of the greats that you're related to? I, I really like the popes. Cause they hated women. Most of them did. There were a few, and that's, you know, I mentioned that in my book, you know. It, yeah, we, the, we did notice. Yeah, yeah. The, the women in history really angers me. Well, um, did you have any inspiring women in your life, your own life? Women inspire hatred in me only, exclusively. Oh. Uh uh, if that's what you mean by inspiring women. Uh, so there are no women in your life currently? Luckily, no. So how would you describe your relationship with, with women? I don't know if I've been clear enough, but my relationship with women hasn't been very good. You know, because oh. they all are awful just creatures of just creatures of 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 bestial nature really it's gross when i see a woman have you taken any steps to distance yourself from women what do you think i'm a little flabbergasted honestly because usually our guests are uh I don't know, um, open. Women to, supporters, um, sympathizers, uh, people who it, like being around them, perhaps. I, I'm just wondering why you came on today if you hate women so much. You well, know, seeing as there are two women hosts, I figured yeah. that would turn you away. My agent really didn't tell me about this interview all that much, but my hope today is to mm -hmm. show you to the truth of your sins, human oh. sins, because I'm not all that religious. Mm. 
Oh, oh okay. Okay. So just so you know, you two are crimes against humanity. Uh, oh. Oh, well, um, I actually have a great title here of one year chap chapter 39. Um, it's entitled The Schisms in Our Manly Bosoms. Oh, yeah. No. It, it is. Uh, if you would like to know more about it, just to get my perspective. Yeah, how, if, you could, you know, if you could kind of give us, you know, sort of a brief, you know, history lesson, that would be. Yeah. Because I doubt you read that chapter. You probably didn't oh, get that no, we, we read. So the, the we Great read... Schism happened because of oh. women. Can't, let's just get that out of the way. Let's rip the Band-Aid oh. off real quick. So it all started when the Pope took interest in women. Now the Popes, they shouldn't do this. I thought the Popes were celibate. They, they, they were. Until they weren't. And you know, this guy... King Philip, another one of my, my, my heroes in history, saw this and hating his wife and all, he, was, he said, I'm going to put another pope in France who doesn't like women, but he succumbed to lust as well. Oh. And then when these two popes had women, one French, one Italian or Roman, Whatever, whatever it may be, you want to call it. You know, these two women really didn't like each other that much. That, you know, as women do. And so yeah. when they started getting into this a little tussle, the popes also started verbally abusing one another. It created a rift in manhood, and it's, ah, it's terrible. It's like, think of it like this. Do you know when you're walking your dog? And you see another dog owner walking his dog, and the two dogs a, fight. I don't have a dog, but I, I understand the metaphor. The two dogs fight. The popes are the people who are holding the dogs, and the dogs are all women. <laughs> oh, um, like I, I said before, I, I don't have any dogs, so I'm sure there might be some miscommunication going on. But uh, There's no miscommunication. I very made it very clear. Anyway, the divide got greater and greater and greater. There were three popes at one point until they just split. And those and those Orthodox Christians, they just they just festered. They like women. I don't like them very much. It's a it's it's a shame that most Americans are Orthodox, but it explains a lot about America. I do have to say, I feel like the chapter didn't get as bold in the those statements. Well, my editor, he cut some things out. Oh, uh, who's, who's your editor? He's, he's a guy called Tim. He's, he's actually orthodox, but I've tried to convert him as much as possible. Oh, um, well, I mean, that's really good of you to associate with people you don't agree with. I don't know. I, I find that admirable. I'm telling you that I find something good in you. Like your opinion matters to me. Anyway, that's how that split. I mean, it really all started with Pope John uh, the 12th, you know, when he, when he started having these mistresses. Pope John, you know, his demise was 
because he had sex with another man's wife. Okay. And he was murdered by the man. You know, and, and that one was of, that was the woman's fault. Fault. I mean, if the woman wasn't there, the Pope would have no one to have intercourse with. What is the end goal with you spreading this truth? To rid the world of this disease. And the disease being women. I hope I've convinced you to, you know, stop. Oh, stop what? Oh, Just in general. The hope is you expunge yourselves, really. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, so you're giving women the power to choose how they want to. They don't. It's not a choice. If they don't, we'll do it for them. As we've had to do. Oh. We've, we've had to do oh. a lot of things for them. For, for women. You've done a lot of things for women? Just in history. Well, we gotta ask you about the question. Yeah, we gotta ask you about uh, the question of the day, Paul, which is uh, should the Woodstock Square bring it down a notch when it comes to memorializing Groundhog Day? Well, I feel like they don't memorialize the whole Groundhog Day. It's just Bill Murray. And he's, you know, he's not a woman sympathizer. I think I think we've got them on our side when the when the you know when the revolution eventually happens. Uh, okay. Okay. So you're in favor of Bill Murray, essentially. Sure. I honestly can't think of what to say. I I think that me. And I just the think the world on. would be a stronger place if we all came together to say, "Hey, we don't need them." So if we came together to. Well, not They're you. You're of... not involved in the we, really. Let's be real here. Let's be oh. real. Oh. We. Men. Do you have any final words for um, the men before you leave? Uh, if you share my cause, keep, keep on pushing. Keep on moving. No matter how many people tell you you're wrong, or, or, hey, you might be misguided. You say, hey, no, you're wrong and misguided. And when we expunge, you will be involved in the expungial. Well, it, it was so nice talking to you, Paul. Yes. Paul, so nice uh, talking to you, Paul. Yeah, it was as nice as possible talking to you. So Give Tim our regards. We thank him for having you on the podcast. Yes. I'm. I don't know what Tim was thinking, so I'm gonna. I think he. I'm gonna cut him out. Is uh, he going to be expunged as well? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Oh well, maybe we won't give Tim our regards. I mean, you guys will be in the same place when it, the process happens. So I mean, you can oh. give him your regards there. And where's that place? Hell. Uh, and now we'd like to welcome Ian back. Uh, we we had a great convo with Paul. It was really, really educational. Uh, but we're really glad to have Ian back. Hi, Ian. Yeah, guys, 
That guy does a lot of good work. I I've heard. I haven't read any of his stuff, but oh oh well, maybe refrain from saying anything about his work until you've. Read oh it. yeah, it's not. It's not great. <laughs> well, in this next section, everybody's favorite section, Be Becca will ask everyone a very specific question that we all must answer to the best of our ability. Mm -hmm. I will then invite he who must not be named, Craig Kingston, onto the show. <laughs> That's so funny. Onto the show. His job is to listen to our answers without knowing the question that was asked and take his best guess on what the question was. If he's wrong, he will never know the question asked of us, and the impending desire to know the context of our answers will consume his very soul until there is virtually nothing left. But if he wins, Ian will formally write a four-page paper apologizing for any previous indiscretions they may have had against each other, which will later be turned into a screenplay directed by Becca and I. Which will definitely go on to win an Oscar. I, hope, I honestly, I kind of hope you guesses it. <laughs> he won't. Well, uh, what indiscretions have you caused, Ian? Mostly just looking like Craig. My I would existence, say. I think, angers Craig. <laughs> I think so, too. Every time you walk in the room, he just sighs. He goes, like, oh, my God. He's like, another indiscretion, and he marks it on his list. <laughs> well, the question for this week, the thing that we're exploring, um, when Craig was writing a piece on Snoopy's consumerism in Charlie Brown's Christmas, for the New York Times, of course, what was the name of the article that caused him to lose his job? First of all, that question has very many ups and downs. Um, it starts down when I say Craig was writing a piece because <laughs> <laughs> you have no expectations. It goes up again when I say Snoopy's consumerism. My interest is peaked. I've yet to know much about this. So I'm very excited to read an article about this. Um, continues to go up when I say Charlie Brown's Christmas. It's continuing. He wrote an article about it. It's like, okay, maybe, maybe it's kind of flatlining and then <gasps> caused him to lose his job. Skyrockets. Oh my gosh. We, <laughs> we've been blessed to know that he does not write for the New York Times. Here's the thing about Snoopy's consumerism and my problem with Charlie Brown's Christmas. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Listen, I have a lot of problems with Charlie Brown's Christmas. I, I'm not going to get into him. People are going to hate me. I just don't like the movie. I don't like a lot of Christmas movies. I don't like Christmas music. Emily does not like Christmas. You're a little bit of a uh, of a Scrooge Grinch. Yeah, but the the whole thing is about consumerism. I don't know if you guys got I that. Think, I don't know if uh, you got that, but that's what Christmas is. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's what Charlie Brown's Christmas. is Oh, about. you're right. Um, and he's and and he's saying how that's that's all Christmas is about, and then he learns at the end that's not what Christmas is about because they bring that ugly tree <laughs> and then make it all pretty yeah um, but snoopy never learns does he snoopy never learns never learns at the very end he he, he goes to his dog house and it's lit up and he bought in he bought in to the consumerist ways of christmas so let's repeat the question one more time before i call craig in here uh when Craig was writing a piece on Snoopy's consumerism in Charlie Brown's Christmas uh, for the New York Times, mm -hmm. what was the name of the article which later caused him to lose his job? I'm going to call Craig in, and then we will officially start vague time with Craig time. 
Hello, listeners. Sorry to interrupt your podcast listening experience, but we again need to apologize for something. You may notice that during Craig's section of the podcast, he has horrific audio. <laughs> and you know what? I should have said Craig needs to apologize for something, because during this segment of filming, Craig was in his car driving back from eating in an igloo. You heard that right. And it is more annoying to listen to than when your mother comes home and the dishes aren't done. We apologize, but please enjoy the rest of the podcast. Okay, and with our discussion concluded, we'd like to welcome to the stage a man you may recognize as the love child of Jeff Goldblum and Steve Carell with the infamous sass of Whoopi, Mr. Craig Kingston. Whoopi Goldberg, we should say. To be yes. To be fair, I don't know many Whoopies. Not the... Not the question? Not the euphemism for sex. That's what you're saying. No, yeah, yeah. no. Oh, yeah, Chris That's, is here, by the way. I, yeah, and Chris Kingston. <laughs> I Chris thought, Kingston, yay! I thought you meant whoopee cushion because he farts a lot. Ah, uh, this is why it's good to have Chris on. <laughs> she's, yes, she fart jokes. Yeah, she's, she's so is, used to insulting Craig just at every waking moment, which is something that we strive for. But she it's brings perfect. her table constantly. It's yeah. perfect because Chris is yeah. Craig's foil. <laughs> in, in addition to being his wife. All right. Okay. All right, Craig. What do you Craig. have to say? What I'm gonna have to sit through this anyways. Let's let's just get the ball rolling. Yeah. Well, no. Like, here's the here's my favorite part. You guys told me like 32 minutes before. This show started that, hey, by the way, we're doing a show. <laughs> that's, that's my fault. That was my job. Uh, <laughs> that I You're fine about. We thought that you have just come yeah, to, I, to clear your Saturdays for us. Yes. I. If anything, you should just yeah. assume. We're, Except we're for really the last time it was on a Friday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, you know well, what? Well, then I'll tell you. Accommodate to our schedule. Uh, and for the audience who may not know, what uh, Chris, Chris and Craig are married. Uh, oh, really? Oh. <laughs> yeah, this is just for, for those, those audience members that may not know. They're both involved in the theater department at CLC. I like to assume they don't have lives outside of that. Yeah. Uh, which is why I also assumed that your Saturday would be open for podcast filming, but I was wrong. Today we have a really wait, interesting wait, wait. question. Oh, I just wanted to say hi to Ian and actually talk to Ian because, like, hey, hey, Ian, how's it going there, buddy? I'm good. I'm I'm in my swirly chair. I'm having a good hell of a time. Do you feel the awkwardness that happened though? Once yeah, you took over, this is what they were talking about. <laughs> I am. Yes. I do. I am very awkward. <laughs> God, Chris, you are, I think, my God. You're uh, saving this podcast. <laughs> you, you go ahead. You tell me your answers to the question. Yeah, we got some answers for you, real juicy ones. Um, All right. Becca, you can go ahead. Uh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> my answer is, uh, where are you Christians, and why can't we find a way to save America from looming debt? Oh. Looming debt or death? Debt. Like what you have. With a B. 
Oh, <laughs> I owe you, Emily, uh, a terrible oh. pun. <laughs> uh, my answer is Snoopy Poopy, more like Snoopy buys copious amounts of toilet paper. Dot, 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 bad dog. Dot, 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 what a poopy boy. Uh, I have two just in case you have okay. to cut the first one out. <laughs> um, my first one is small child gets dogged down by corporate pooch. <laughs> Wait, time out. Becca, I can't see yeah. There's too much tackling. Small child is... Dogged down by corporate pooch. So what's your second uh, safer option, Ian? Um, small child's dreams ripped away by capitalism. If the dogging down by the corporate pooch is not, does not fit. <laughs> oh, wow. All right, well, with our answers laid out in front of you, what do you think the question oh, was uh, that, that Becca asked? Uh, I think the, the question is, what are the uh, essential learning targets for Craig's second semester of literature and culture class? This well, it was nice hilarious. talking to you, Chris. You were close. <laughs> it was good to talk to you, Chris. <laughs> Thanks yeah, for coming on, Chris. Uh, is this a good time, Craig, to Thank tell you I'm you. not taking the second semester of Lit and Culture? Okay. <laughs> Bye. Bye, Craig. Bye, Chris. Whoopsie-daisy. Oh, no. Rut-row. Yep. Craig has missed it again. It missed it by a mile. The train we has left expected it. We all expected his failure. Yeah. We all foresaw that. Let's be honest, the bit doesn't work if he doesn't. And we're great comedians, so we yeah. count on Craig being wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, the best comedians plan things ahead. Uh, especially in improv. Especially in improv, yep. Well, we would like to thank our guests, Ian F.F. and Paul, for speaking to us today. Uh, next week, we'll be setting off on a quest to discover an original copy of George Lucas's Star Wars Holiday Special, if it may even exist. It's, it's a mighty journey. A mighty journey with little to no payoff at the end. Yeah, it's very disappointing. Yes, like taking any of Craig's classes. Yeah, that's why I dropped. <laughs> uh, this has been The Low Bar with Becca and Emily. Hope we set the bar low and we'll be back next week to further derail your expectations.